Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. by Mark Ellinger this morning, sitting in as co-host, driving the day. Someone who is not having a feel-good Friday is our good old friend Sam Bankman-Fried. His trial concluded last night. Kind of shocked at how short it short a time it took them to come back, Mark. Only a few hours from uh, the moment that they went in the back room as a jury until they came out and convicted him. All right, let's try that again. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I get to say Happy it twice. Friday. How about that? We're having all the gremlins. Oh, yeah, hey, you, uh, you can come co-host with us, Mark, but you're not going to have a microphone turned on. Sorry about so that. So I'm just a pretty face in the studio. That's all I am. So. All right. So tell me again. <laughs> All right, I'm glad it's Friday, but Sam Bankman-Fried probably isn't. Tell me what your thoughts were seeing that it came back so quickly. I mean, I think people were thinking maybe it's going to take a minute. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times uh, in criminal cases, you see quick jury verdicts when it's a conviction because it's really obvious. Um, And it tends to take longer when they split on different charges. This case, it just seems like... I mean, they used his own words against him. I mean, and everybody who worked for him testified against him. Yeah, and he did so many interviews right afterward, and everyone's like, be quiet. But you think, I mean, it works for Trump, right? Like, Trump talks all the time, and I'm I always, I'm always thinking about his lawyers. Like, why is this guy talking so much when he's in so much litigation? Um, but he never see, it never seems to bother Trump, but it really fired back against Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing a lawyer tells a client in any of these cases is don't talk. And that's all he did. Trump, I think, is kind of just a unique personality. Plus, if you look at some of the things he's being <laughs> charged with, I mean, they're pretty thin cases. Um, whereas the Sam Bankman-Fried one seemed like it was an open and shut case from the start. He's stealing his clients' funds. Well, and what's next? I mean, there's all this stuff pending at the SEC. You know, of course, he donated tons of money to Democrats. I don't. I guess I don't think we're getting that money back. Yeah, I don't think the Democrats are going to give it back. I mean, you know, his partner or one of his uh, main main uh, executive officers donated a whole bunch of money to Republicans. So once again, in the swamp, nobody nobody's going to give the money back, but they're all going to be really happy to talk about how bad Sam Bankman for It wasn't the girl who looked like she was 15 who was like kind of his girlfriend and who no, turned against him. No, it was a guy. I can't remember his guy. name. They, it was a clever plot that they had. They uh, Between the two of them, they spent, they donated, I don't know, 80 or $100 million to both parties. I just cannot wait until the movie comes out because, I mean, the details of this case and like their weird Who's house. Who's going to play who? Oh, yeah, who's going to have right. the big puffy hair? 
It's going to be insane. I think it's going to be one of the best uh, best ones to watch. Hopefully they get working on that. I'm sure maybe after all this striking, they will uh, get to work on that. Okay, she gave so- a lot of people out there pause when it comes to the cryptocurrency industry. I think the people who are jumping into it with both front feet are like, Whoa! Yeah, no, and I think you're right, John, and and I think still people in Missouri have a lot of trepidation about crypto. We got our first um, crypto lobbyist, uh, Eben, uh, in the state capitol. I think he was the first registered crypto lobbyist last year, um, and I think you know I still feel like I'm not. I don't exactly <laughs> from cannabis to crypto. There you go. Fully <laughs> understand, and that's one of the. That, I mean, that's one of the the downsides of crypto is when it first started a lot of times how it was being used was uh not in a up and up kind of way and people it still has that stigma and we're kind of seeing well maybe maybe we should have been watching a little closer it still is being used that way uh there was an article that came out i think it was late last week or early this week talking about how hamas has received hundreds of millions of dollars via cryptocurrency because they fundraise they're banned from almost every banking system in the world but they're not banned from cryptocurrency. I've seen that article. Um, And there was a crypto conference, if you will, in Jefferson City Mm -hmm. about a week or so ago with some, uh, I don't know how many people were there, but they, they had one. And, and you think, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and we're going to talk some today about AI and the regulation of AI, but I think really we're kind of behind the eight ball on regulation of crypto, but I, I suspect this will uh, bring renewed a renewed uh, push for regulation of crypto. Mark, you think Yeah, so? the SEC's tried to do it. Uh, they got slapped down in at least one of the cases that they brought mm-hmm. regarding reg- regulating crypto. It's a question of what is it? I think people are still trying to get their arms around, is it is it money, is it banking, is it securities, what is it? Because that depends on who regulates it, and the crypto industry fights every effort at regulation. They don't want any regulation at all. They like how it was as an underground black market thing. Now they want it to be an above-ground, white, accepted thing as an alternate to currency, and Sure seems to me if as a country you give up your currency, you kind of give up your power. And the banks clearly don't, or not fans, the, the bankers don't uh, clearly like this idea. So so we'll see. I, I would expect, too, you probably will see some bills filed in Jefferson City on this. I haven't seen any yet, but we'll find out in less than a month. But I'm sure, I'm sure it will come up. And, Mark, you bring up an interesting point about it. Well, if you're a country and you give up your currency, then, you know, you've got problems. But then the other way that I've heard it described from libertarians is, you know, if you live in a in a in an oppressive country where they are controlling you and they're trying to control you by control of your currency, crypto would allow people to escape some of these really terrible situations and maybe cross a border with money to start a new life and get away from their government. Ask people in China how well that's working out for them. Yeah. Because the, the Chinese government has the great firewall and they're not going to allow anybody to take their money out so i mean i think that's that's a great theoretical libertarian unless you're argument. sam bankman freed and you bribed the chinese <laughs> officials to let you go i mean it's a great theoretical argument but i think from practicality most uh most third world countries don't have currency and most first world countries that are oppressive have such significant and onerous uh, internet uh governance that it would be very hard to take your money in and out anyway plus you can't get out of the country to take it out somewhere else in the first mm-hmm. place physically All right. Well, I am really excited about today's Feel Good Friday. We are all wearing red. Mm. If you haven't tuned in on Facebook or YouTube, there's a little bit of an Easter egg, which we'll get to (laughs) later. But Hannah, why do we wear red on Fridays? Well, we wear red on Fridays to remember everyone deployed. But there is one member among us (laughs) this morning who is not very happy about the fact that we are supporting our deployed soldiers 
And it wow, is wow. Talk Ma- about a shot. <laughs> it, is, it is Mark Ellinger. Oh, that Mark. Is, why that, are you that's so unfair, Hannah, to say that? Uh, Mark, why like are you wearing, upset? That I don't we're like wearing, wearing the red this Friday only because we play Georgia tomorrow. Oh, God, gotcha. <laughs> and Georgia's colors are red, and you know it seems like this is the biggest game of the season. It's probably the biggest Mizzou game in, uh, if not a decade, at least in seven or eight years. It's the biggest game we've had. And here we all are wearing red, the Georgia Bulldog colors. It's tough. It's a tough morning putting the red on, I'm telling you. I do. As a I do. true son. As a true son. I do have the Missouri yes. underneath. And you are a true son. Absolutely. M-I-Z. Absolutely. But you bring up a great point about the, uh, it just so happens, the colors of Georgia are red and black, obviously. Um, huge game. Huge game. And, 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 you know, the, the noise at Sanford Stadium tomorrow will just, uh, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's almost impossible to hear your signals if you're the opposing team. And a lot, a lot of teams lose because they jump off sides, things like that. But I think Mizzou has a really good shot. I it's really a, do. it's a great stadium to go to if you've never been there for a game. I highly recommend it. Um, it's one of the most beautiful venues. Athens, Georgia, is a beautiful, beautiful college town. But boy, you do not want to have to play there. No, because. God, it's nope. a tough, it's a tough venue. And they've won Tigers ranked twelfth in the regular season, regular season games, pretty impressive. Twelfth in the rankings, Mizzou's the got, got a great team too. Yep. Yeah, John, you said we're twelfth. What times kickoff? Two thirty. Two thirty kick. Yeah, it's the CBS national game of the week, so it's the SEC game of the week, so to speak. Can't wait. Very exciting. So we did. <laughs> Hannah's laughing at me. I am excited. I am going. You just don't sound very excited. You're like, woohoo, can't I will watch. No, I had an opportunity to talk to someone who's at Mizzou Law last night, and I was recalling how when I was in law school, Mizzou was, like, really good, and it was, like, so exciting to be at the university when Mizzou was ranked, um, and it was, you know, the big buzz. So it was very exciting. Also, so on top of celebrating Red Friday, we are also doing something here at the Eagle and KWOS. We are saluting the troops as we approach Veterans Day. Next Saturday, we would like you to say thank you to all the veterans in your lives uh dad sons neighbors friends you can write us a little note about them there's a form posted on our website and we are going to bring those to you over veterans day weekend that is brought to you by all seasons roofing and all state consultants so thank you for that um okay so today we've got uh scott fawn is coming on at 710 a lot of times we'll talk to him on monday but we're Inviting him to join us for a feel-good Friday. There's a lot going on in Missouri politics. There's been some announcements, obviously. There's been some investigations. So we will get a rundown with him at 7, uh, just a- after 7 o'clock. And then also, I'm excited for this guest. We've got Tammy Holiday from the Friends of the Missouri Governor's Mansion coming in at 8 o'clock. I've been watching their Instagram. They're doing some really cool things. And we're going to kind of, not a lot of people get an opportunity to see what goes on in that building. Um, so excited to talk with her. Unless you're in fourth grade. <laughs> Well, yes. So uh, I'm excited to talk with her uh, this morning. Uh, Coming up next, we are going to do the Daily DC Rundown. There was a big almost endorsement yesterday and a lot of talk about someone's footwear. We will get all of the really important stories to you uh, coming up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. News, analysis, and opinion, free of charge from Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I will 
start it off, just kind of break it up a little bit, and I'll start by asking the governor a question. Are you ready to endorse me yet? <laughs> I, I, getting closer every day. Getting closer every day. That's Governor Sununu. Now, he is really, I feel like he's really, really liked by the young people. And it is time for your daily D.C. rundown. So Nikki Haley, I think she was hosting some town halls. The governor was in the room and she just called him out. You think he knew that question was coming? Um, Didn't sound like it in his response. I think he was quite shocked at it. I kind of like her gumption and just saying, hey, like, when when are we going to do this? It, it either works and you're really impressed by it or it backfires and he leaves that town hall going, I'm never showing up to another event with her again and I'm done with her. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, we talked earlier uh, this week to um, someone about the Missouri caucus system and what you and I, when we were kind of doing the math, it's going to be Trump unless all the non-Trump people can really come together. And Sununu's kind of seen as somebody who might be bring together, I think, the non-Trumpers. He was even, I think they were encouraging him to run for Senate and some other things. So, I mean, if he gets behind Nikki Haley and she's kind of got some momentum, you think we could narrow the race? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you start seeing it, major endorsements come in, the problem is he's not well-known outside of New England. Yeah, He's the New Hampshire governor. It's the, sec- it's the first primary. It's the second event because it comes after the Iowa caucuses. So that's really why it's a bigger factor i mean kim reynolds who's the mayor or the governor of iowa has been i think at every desantis event that he shows up there for but she has not technically endorsed him so you know i don't know how much that changes things in the end we need the other folks to drop out we need the tim scotts and the chris christies and folks like that to get out of the race so that the race can consolidate and then we can have a choice we knew when i asked mark about haley that he was going to mention desantis <laughs> uh we know mark is a stand for desantis and desantis is embattled in, in bootgate right now people are saying that he's too short and that he's wearing <laughs> um he's wearing lifts in his shoes and, and there's like slow-mos of his feet it's really weird didn't you say that you actually believe that conspiracy theory i 100 percent think he's doing that and if i was like super short i would i mean i am super I short if say, i was a uh, man and i was super short i'd totally <laughs> do it too because i feel like it so, looks, See, I think so, so that, that a stuff polling matters. issue is is so he's 511 is 511 oh, super short, short. No. is that super short i mean that's something i it seems to me that's about average height it's really close to average height for a man see as a dude i think it's it looks worse for you to get busted wearing wedges <laughs> or high heels to just or be something. a little short <laughs> well he fight he did respond yesterday i've got some audio here he um he said something about hey now we've got some serious issues i'm not sure why everyone's got a foot fetish all of a sudden which i thought was good and then he had this to say burnt onto other issues i know uh, donald trump and a lot of his people have been focusing um on things like footwear i'll tell you this um you know if donald trump can summon the balls to show up to the debate i'll wear a boot on my head this is a time for substance this is a t- so I appreciated those comments actually saying, look, quit. let's quit talking about what we're wearing. Let's get down to the issues. Um, They're going to continue to talk about what Nikki Haley's wearing, though, just saying. Of course they will. But she she's had some really good selections. And I'll be watching what she wears, what the debate's next Wednesday. So we're coming up really close on it. And um, it'll be exciting to watch. Do we know who's going to make the stage? Uh, I think they've announced so far that it's uh, obviously Trump who will not show up. DeSantis, Haley... Uh, Tim Scott, Chris Christie. How are those uh, two making it? They have, you know, it's the threshold of donors and what, 3% in a poll or 5% We need to up those things We need to move things up.
It's, and you'll be able to hear that debate 7 to 9 next Wednesday night on KWOS and 93.9 The Eagle. Great. All right. Well, we've also got some news out of Congress yesterday. House Republicans approved the $14.5 billion Israel package. Uh, it's not looking good in the Senate. Uh, two reasons. Uh, first, they're funding Israel by taking away some uh, money from the IRA, and that includes the IRS agent money. Um, and then also, uh, obviously, the Democrats want some funding uh, for Ukraine, and they are supporting Biden's uh, original package. So it is uh, not looking good. Now the question is, how are this? How is the Senate going to negotiate, and what might that actually look like? Are would we be able to maybe get some money for the border as part of this package? Well, the original proposal that uh, Biden came up with included, ironically, border money, a very, very tiny, small amount of it compared to how much he was trying to send to Ukraine. Ultimately, you know, what I think everybody would like is actually to see an up and down vote on what the House did. That's never going to happen, because if you notice, there were a bunch of uh, Democrats who actually voted for the standalone Israel uh, aid package because... They recognize there's a political liability there. And there were two Republicans who voted against it. Marjorie Taylor Greene, not surprised. Thomas Massey, he had indicated he was going to vote against it. So uh, it's a really interesting issue. And I'm with you, Mark. I think we should take a uh, up and down vote on each of these funding issues. Um, but I don't I, I'm not holding out any hope that we're going to get there. Also, uh, there were some. Um, some senior military nominations that went through yesterday, I think three of them, that those had previously been held up by Tommy Tupperville over the abortion issue, um, but we still have 400 nominees in limbo, so a long way to go there. All right, coming up, uh, there's some big news out here on AI that I want to get to today. Also, I might have just been missing something, but I thought like our borders were pretty much intact not that they were secure but like at least our state borders we had all agreed and so uh, my mind is absolutely blown text the crew at 874-9390 warning everyone on the show can read your text that says you cannot celebrate Christmas this early. Number one, it is about Jesus' birth. You can celebrate Jesus' birth all year long. Number two, eggnog, hot apple cider, hot chocolate, glorious, <laughs> lovely. Number three, thanks, David. So we now, I've heard people say that you cannot celebrate Christmas, take a break for Thanksgiving, and then go back to Christmas. But I would like to remind you that Jesus was alive, took a break for three days, and then went back to being alive. So I'm going to start celebrating Christmas on November 1st, take a break for Thanksgiving, and then go back into it. Ho, ho, ho! Oh my gosh, this debate is raging on. I'm and just saying, <laughs> I love Jesus enough that I can celebrate it in November. Apparently, and my so we had this debate earlier this week, and a lot of you told us that you would be putting up your tree this weekend, particularly because we've got the weekend off between youth hunting and the regular hunting season. Well, wake up family member Marissa even took off work <laughs> on November 1st just to take the day to set up her Christmas decorations. And after we had that debate, I go home and that evening my neighbors who I think are trolling me had their Christmas lights not only up but on the outside of their house. And so I'm wondering where do you all draw the line because if you're watching on the YouTube, I have this <laughs> lovely very loud fa la 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 Christmas sweater. So if it's okay to have your tree up and I expected you all to look at me like I had two heads today because clearly this sweater is like not appropriate for November but if you've got your tree up and your lights up then like are you allowed to wear Christmas sweaters on what uh, November I, thought you were, 
Uh, you're an L.A. Chargers fan or something. <laughs> That's what our friend Cosmo said in the building, too. Because in your mind, you're like, you could not possibly be wearing a Christmas sweater on November 3rd because that would be ridiculous. So uh, let us know. Is your tree up? Were you sure people put their lights up and just haven't left them up all year and finally exactly that's true? And oftentimes I will put mine up early because I try to find like a warmer day to put them up. Um, or I, I don't put the lights up, but you know I think it's nicer <laughs> to put them up in the warmer times. Um, and then we then you just don't turn them on until like after Thanksgiving because respect for the turkey, right? You, we also have some fine advertisers who specialize in coming to your house to put your Christmas lights up for you. We sure do, Salt. Or lawn service will put up some really nice ones. They've got some photos on their Facebook page. You should check it out. They do a really great job. And actually, I think they did my neighbors, which is why theirs look so nice. So um, I love that you have this conspiracy theory that your neighbors are specifically <laughs> trying to troll you. I mean, they went through all that effort just to go watch this. Okay, well, so, it's good to know they're a listener. That at least I mean yeah. they're listening to the show. So, so exactly. the other question then is: Are you already watching holiday movies? Because Hallmark starts their count. Countdown. Is it still? Do you have to wait till December, or are you already? They started going? in October. Oh they my started ho- Hallmark started its holiday movies in October. The countdown to Christmas every weekend, oh, another movie. I, and there's actually a new one coming out that Hallmark did that was filmed in Herman, wow. I believe. Yeah, and so I mean, I am not a holiday movie kind of gal. I just, of course not. It's not because it brings people joy. Yes, and you're against anything that brings people. It's joy. It's not my thing. But yes, there's a holiday movie that was shot in Herman. Apparently, it premieres what it premieres next Wednesday on streaming channels. Yeah, and you and, can. And I think they're doing a red carpet premiere maybe in Herman this weekend or. Or maybe even today. I'm not sure what day it was they were talking about it. I love that. I love when we can like see on the big screen places that like we know and that we love, though, honestly. And I think Herman is so beautiful. I've had the opportunity to visit, I think, twice this year. And you just forget that these little hidden gems in Missouri are just a short drive away. And I was just blown away. You come into the city and you just come over the river. You see everything. It's just it's stunning. So I'm excited. I'm going to watch this one, Hannah. You're watching holiday movies all... You've already started, I know. Well, so here's the thing, though. I like Christmas movies, but I'm not a big Hallmark movie fan. I know that's a hot take, but I'm just... I'm not real into the mushy-gushy. Yeah, they're they're awfully awfully sweet. Yeah, I'm more of like an elf fan. Okay. You know, Will Ferrell... That that kind of Christmas movie. All the Hallmark Christmas vacation. The, all yes. the Hallmark movies have the exact same plot line, and at you know like twenty <laughs> twenty minutes to the end of the movie, you know you're gonna have the breakup scene, so that at the very end you can have the get together scene, and everybody can live happily ever. There's after. a mathematical formula. There, there seriously is. <laughs> I think you've watched all watched too many holiday movies. All right, so I, Mark, you sent me this article yesterday, and I thought that like we were we had agreed on what land was in what state and like what the states were um i had no idea that apparently um you can just agree to like take secede or take on like i understand local government annexation i didn't know that that was like really a thing for states still um and so i guess there's a county in st louis who really doesn't like being part or near st louis who really doesn't like being a part of illinois and they have been talking about trying to become part of missouri such that like you know all the things that i have that are cutely missouri shaped would then be inaccurate because missouri's border would change hold on i'm still i just can't (laughs) that's the real reason we can't change anything is because of the home decor it, well we could always swap we can trade st louis to to 
to Illinois and get like Southern Illinois, which is just like Missouri back in return, we'd probably all be happy with it. Right. I mean, can we vote someone out? We have to get somebody to take them. That's okay. the problem. But uh, uh, so tell me more nobody about Nobody wants St. Louis. Yeah, tell me more about <laughs> though this Metro East County. I think it's actually it's, is it ja- Jersey County. So it's north of uh St. Louis. It's in the St. Louis metro area. It's up north. Um it's a small rural county. It's overwhelmingly conservative. It's interesting um when when I you drive up to Chicago, if you go through some of those counties when Pritzker was running for office. You, the only sign you saw for miles, sign after sign after sign, was Pritzker sucks because they hate <laughs> they hate the Democrats so bad that part of uh, Illinois. They've talked about seceding. Uh, the Illinois Attorney General said, "Yeah, thanks for stopping by the booth. No interest in, in allowing you to do that." But this has been a topic that's been discussed in a bunch of states. Northern California has talked about seceding. Uh, Eastern Oregon actually has an active process right now about seceding. Uh, they 1860, get, we had a bunch of states do that, yeah. didn't we? But, but they want to do it the non-Civil War way. They, you know, if you get both states to agree, so if one state agrees that uh, parcel can be, and you know, a parcel can be half the state, I guess, if agrees to send it to the other state and the other state agrees to take it and Congress accepts it, then that's an acceptable change of property. Um, I'm just, I can't even, I can't, this doesn't compute. And then some of the times they're talking about, well, maybe we just break it into two states, which hasn't been, you know, other folks have been wanting to add states for years, and that hasn't been very successful. Yeah, they've talked about splitting California into uh, two or three states has been talked about. Um, Texas wanted to just go completely. Yep. And then, you know, I think the last time we actually took an existing state and split it was uh, West Virginia was created out of the six or nine counties that were actually in Virginia. And that was the result of the Civil War because... Uh, the rest of Virginia was supported the Confederacy, and those six or nine counties supported the Union. I guess the Illinois Attorney General came out with a with an opinion that says that the county doesn't have the authority to secede. But you said if both states agree and Congress agrees, then yeah. it's a done deal. Yeah, if if the is- if the if the government of both states through their normal process agree to change territory and Congress agrees, that's an acceptable change. I saw yesterday that the Department of Economic Development is out with like a new um, campaign, and it's called Missouri Loves Company, which I thought was a cute play on you know the normal saying, um, but I don't think they meant it like this but we could just like go you know and we're all, we're always talking about growing our population that we need to bring more people here so now we can just go out and start grabbing neighboring yeah. counties i think there's only twenty one thousand people in that county so it's not exactly a huge population spike do we get some of their policies too like if we grab some part of illinois can we have sports betting <laughs> that would be really nice she's that, thinking it through yeah that feels like a stretch <laughs> no marjorie I, taylor green wasn't she the one from georgia who talked about what was her line about a national divorce talking yep. about this whole kind of thing yeah uh, i'm not sure georgia would secede in that circumstance how many know. yeah i mean how many signatures do i need in southern boone to secede from boone county <laughs> Can I split my county? Better run that by your trolling neighbors. I'm, I'm sure there's some folks in Southern Boone who really wish they were part of Cole or Callaway or somewhere else. I, I haven't looked at it, but I'm pretty sure that you can get a bill passed through the General Assembly to change county boundaries. Really? Yeah. You, you could go door to door with your petition in Ashland, but, Stephanie. That pro- didn't go well for the last people who tried <laughs> the that. The problem is, does anybody want Southern Boone County? To oh, their oh county? Because it's, become Columbia, it's become Columbia South. Yeah, now it's become like this liberal mecca that's happening. Kind of got divvied up in the congressional <laughs> cut-up map, didn't it? Rude. No way. I have to agree with Mark. <laughs> Y'all.
you're just still mad so, about your about how Ashland's bigger than Centralia. All right, let's um let's go to uh, no. There was okay. I mean seriously, there's a lot of mid mo uh, rivalries here. I think uh, yeah, we'll we'll we're having Scott Fawn on by the way at seven ten, and he'll he'll chime in about how Blair Oaks is so good at football and how we all lost, which you know. There's not well, that's right. Blair Oaks and Southern Boone tonight in district semis. Yeah. Uh, it didn't go well for us the Good last luck, time. Eagles. Although, <laughs> yeah, we'll be cheering on the Eagles. But it's, like, almost unfair that we have to face them every year. Like, can't they? Are, you know, when you play, like, softball, if you win the championship every year, they bump you up from, like, the D League to the C League. Can't we bump up Blair Oaks at some point <laughs> to just, they, like, if you win the state championship so many times, you should be forced to play play in the next well, football's division. football's not softball, and there's no double elimination, is there, Mark? <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, I guess if you if, if Southern Boone keeps losing enough to Blair Oaks, maybe you could get relegation and you no. could drop down another class. Because we do well against everyone else. It's just... I know, I have many not-so-fond memories growing up in Centralia of having a really good football team, and you get into playoffs, and... It always ended at Blair Oaks. It's something in the water or something. It sounds there. like green with envy. Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> Very good. But Rude. All right. Okay. So, um, also, there was a big court case. Uh, was it yesterday that it came? Two days ago. Two days ago. Um, coming out of the, was it Western District? Uh, or Supreme Cole Court? County Circuit Court. Talking about the MoDOT case? Yes, yep. thank you. It's been a long week. There's been a lot of really important cases. So abortion was in the Western District earlier. Yep. We've had a different abortion case that got filed in circuit court, but this one is still at the circuit court level. Now we've had, we did have a big conservation case earlier this year, which kind of touches on some of the same issues, but this one is, yeah, it's Judge um, Cotton Walker out yep. of uh, Cole County. Tell me about that case. Mark. So the question is, um, MoDOT gets its money from the state road fund. Uh, it's got dedicated tax revenue. Uh, I think it was last year. John, you might be able to correct me here. I can't recall what year it was. They decided to do a pay raise for all their employees. Uh, the legislature did not appropriate funds directly for a pay raise. And MoDOT basically said, thanks, but we get to do whatever we want. Uh, the There was a lawsuit filed. And I think that was 2021, if I'm not. 2021. The whole thing surrounding the gas. And oh. it got filed. They try, They they argued the case. Then the Supreme Court had took arguments in the conservation case, which was analogous to it, although not exactly the same, but very close. So they suspended until the Supreme Court issued its opinion in Mar- in May. Then they re-argued the case, and Judge Walker just came down and said, MoDOT gets to do whatever they want with their own funds, and the legislature does not have control. And that's why I think this is really interesting, because yesterday the headlines were basically, well, MoDOT people get a pay raise, and it is so much more than that. And so they basically can override... I don't think the legislature is happy, Mark. They're not happy. We have now, in the last... I guess four months created two new branches of government. We have the legislative branch, the executive branch, the judicial branch, the conservation branch, and the MoDOT branch, all of which have totally independent powers, apparently, that can't be controlled by another branch. Because traditionally, the legislature would have the purse strings. And here, the courts have said, actually, no, you have no control. And I think really interestingly for us in mid-mo is we see this also at the local government level, oftentimes with parks funds or other dedicated funds, tourism funds, maybe. And you get these boards (laughs) over those pots of money and they say, hey, city government, you can't touch our funds. And that debate has 
is constantly raging about how much the elected officials have control when there's this separate when voters voted they dedicated the funds and you've got a board over that so do you think this is gonna same thing we see at the state house when we talk about the department of conservation and their commission yeah i mean you know conservation now own is the single largest landowner i think in the state of missouri nobody ever anticipated that when they created it back in the 70s with its own tax in 76 i think we're going to see more and more of this. People don't trust the legislature, and they want control, but they don't realize the monsters that sometimes they create. All right. We are hearing the new, we will be hearing this new Beatles song that is out and talking about AI later. And, of course, Scott Vaughn joins us at 710. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. The news can be heavy. So can a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Feel Good Friday, a little bit more somber, but that's the Beatles' last officially new song. Uh, they found some audio on a cassette tape. Cassette tapes of John, Le- uh, John Lennon. Right. Old cassette tapes and then used AI to recreate this new song. It released, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday, but you can check out the audio now. Very exciting. Mark's a big Beatles fan, so yes. are you going to be... Jam into that in your car. I guess. Uh, I listened crying. to it. I listened to it yesterday when it came out. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's interesting hearing John Lennon as a young man singing, and then with the overdub by Paul McCartney as a you know what is he eighty years old yeah. singing. So it was really it's really interesting because Paul McCartney used to have <clears throat> that very young voice that you're used to with the older Beatles songs and then to hear kind of the older voice laid over it it's really interesting and I think I'm more likely uh, to tune in there's a short film of how the song was actually put together and I'm way more likely to watch that than this Herman Hallmark Christmas movie this weekend but I I would agree with that 100% (laughs) I think that sounds I think that sounds really interesting well okay something else we need to be watching for Tuesday and I know for a lot of you you're like why are we talking about elections in other states but I do think it matters not everyone has an election schedule that looks like Missouri's and it gives us kind of a preview into what we might expect and how people are feeling how the country's leaning Um, and there are some really big elections coming up on Tuesday next Tuesday so you'll be hearing about them I'm sure this weekend Um, so first of all we've got the Kentucky governor's race Mark yeah so uh, the Kentucky Kentucky elected a Democrat governor four years ago it was kind of a surprise it's a very heavily Republican state Um, and he he went through COVID and was viewed very popularly Uh, Republicans had a pretty tough primary the Attorney General uh, a black uh, Attorney General David Cameron won the primary he was way underwater for a long time really looked like it was going to be a bad result they have gone up on the air tying the Kentucky governor to Joe Biden huh Joe Biden Joe Biden and his name's Andy Bashir back and forth fading him in and out talking about policies and there is a poll out this morning that now has that race as tied wow and with leaners the Republican winning now I don't know how much I invest in one poll but um, 
if that were to occur, it would be, I think that would actually on a national level be a, a huge event because that would show how much of a millstone Joe Biden actually is when you have good candidates on the ballot. Interesting. No, I th- so you think perhaps would that take Joe Biden down? You think the Democrats would say, all right, he's got to go? Uh, I think they sure would be awful nervous if they lost that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't imagine that anybody in the Democrat Party would see that loss from a guy who was that far ahead being anything but disaster. Yep. And also we've got abortion on the uh, ballot in Ohio and we've got state house elections in Virginia. So lots to watch for next Tuesday. And we will bring you all of that as uh, as it unfolds next Wednesday morning, of course. But right after the top of the hour, we will have Scott Fawn with the Missouri Times joining us. The 